Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to a brand new Energized show. So, if you're new to the Energized podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning Energized listener, welcome back. So, we're back. We Ross. have an action packed show today. It's very packed. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be discussing the latest Energized crack because uh, we have a few updates and we had a few new guests on the show. Yeah, today we did another podcast with Ian Gary. Ian, the future Gary, that is. Um, what a nice guy. What a character. And we're expecting big things from Ian. Yeah, so if you haven't heard that show, make sure to check it out. Uh, then we're going to move into the crack of the week. We're going to be discussing the football news, including the Champions League and the Sarri versus Kepa incident in the League Cup final. And a lot of people wrote to us, Ross, about like what their opinions were. So I'll be reading them all out. And then we're going to be looking at the Six Nations and how Ireland got the bonus point win away in Italy. And uh, we are still in with a chance to win the Six Nations. A very minute, but still in there. Yeah, still a chance. Uh, then uh, we're also going to be discussing the retirement of the GOAT, George St. Pierre, from the UFC. But uh, for some reason, I don't know if that's the end, but we will be discussing that, yes. And then we are going to be going into the main part of the show, discussing Bellator Dublin, uh, along with UFC Prague. This weekend's UFC 235. Ross, how much are you looking forward to that? I think it's going to be the best fight card of the year. I don't think UFC are going to be able to top that. Yeah, same here. And then uh, we're going to be discussing everything in between. Man, it's it's lining up to be a good show, Ross. It was a good week here. Yeah, it, it's going to be a great episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, but uh, I think we should kick it off with the Energized Crack. T- today, we had Ian Gary on the show. Uh, if you don't know Ian, or if you didn't listen to that show, definitely check it out. Ian is after becoming a pro, and last week, he made his pro debut and won by decision in Cage Warriors in Liverpool. With a broken freaking hand. With a broken hand. Uh, this guy is someone to definitely watch out for. Uh, I know we have a lot of American audience and Irish audience and audience all around the world, but... Uh, you have to check out Ian. Uh, the funny story is actually of the show that after he won, Conor McGregor then followed up on Instagram. Yeah, that's pretty big for him. Like that was his hero growing up in terms of mixed martial arts world. So great to be followed by your heroes. Well, I wonder how that felt exactly for Ian when he got that notification being like, Conor McGregor. Like, yeah. The, the face of the fight game. Yeah, well, like that'd be like us being followed by... Joe Rogan? Yeah. Not far off, yeah. Yeah. Or Chris Cadwell. Or Cristiano Ronaldo, because he's the most fo- he has the most followers on the ground. Yeah. If obviously that's massive for uh, Ian there getting Conor McGregor. Like his what would you call that? Like seal of approval. Yeah. But uh if someone was to follow you, what would make you go, Oh my god? Um I just know like oh, I don't really go, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Conor McGregor did. I'd be like over the moon. You were like, that uh, must be a mistake. <laughs> or no, Pogba maybe or something. Pogba. I think if Pogba follows you, that means you're cool. So therefore, it'll be like, oh, Pogba followed me. Yeah. Although he doesn't speak English. So, well, not. I know he does, yeah. He does, yeah. And also, he's a dad as well. Yeah, dad life. Dad life. Let us know who would be the one person to make you go, oh my God, they actually followed me. But uh, speaking of being a dad, Ross, what's the update? Everyone wants to know, like, when are you becoming the, the DILF of Energized? Uh, 26th of June, so really looking forward to that. I was only saying on the other podcast that me and Jay downloaded, downloaded uh, the Tinder baby naming app where you, <laughs> you both see a name and you swipe 
right for yes and net and left for no on baby names and then you agree whether you get a short list of names and then you can decide what you're gonna name your kid that's crazy who 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 was like i have tinder for names it was actually it was actually rob Bird. oh was it yeah Last shout out to Rob. About, yeah, shout, shout out, out to Rob. Rob. Absolutely rage and Declan Royce playing for England, that fella. How did you actually meet Jade? Obviously, you knew her from the gym and stuff, but like, you hardly went over to her while she was doing a few squats and was like, gives you digits. No, I, 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 I just knew her from that, and then I think like, she put up like an Instagram story someday, and I just commented on it, and then I just got chatting to her, and then that was just it. And like, obviously, we were in the gym together, so I wasn't like, a random person, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's always easier when it's like someone mm. you sort of, you've met in face to face rather than just randomly. Yeah. And then on, online. When their first date and like we drank three bottles of wine and a few whiskeys and it was like, it was love ever since, man. You got her pregnant the first night, man. Yeah. Fair play to me. <laughs> That's a hundred percent record. Yeah. One shot kill. Man, very energized. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. How's the Tinder names going? Anything in mind that you're like, do you know what? I like, the na- I, th- I like the name Barry. See, the thing is, we're actually being real secret about names because you don't ask too many people, oh, what's in that name? Because then people give their opinions and it's actually not really relevant. So we're keeping a bit like very tight circle, probably just between ourselves. And we're going to just come up with two names for boys, two names for girls. And then when it comes out, we'll be like, that looks more like a Ken than it does a Carl, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? That looks more like a Zlatan Ibrahimovic to me. Oh, Zlatan, uh, great name. Yeah. No, I was I was thinking about it there the other day, and I was like, what would I name my kid? And then I was like, who do I sort of like that I could be like, name a kid after him? Or her. But, uh... Oh, so Ross. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, don't you wait, obviously you have past girls you're seeing, or people you do not like, so you're like, I'm not naming the kid Hitler, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. one of the guys in, in work, <laughs> uh, he's also having a kid, and he said to me, oh, you wouldn't... He goes, have you ever thought about naming your kid something? And then you're like, oh no, I had sex with a girl called that name. So yeah, I can't name yeah. her. And I was like, I didn't really know, man. But uh, he was like, yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, lovely. You're like, no way. But yeah, uh, yeah so mark it down in the diary. Because people keep asking me, they're like, when's Ross having his kid? Because I, I was with DB there the other day. He called into my gaff. And uh, he's like, when is he due? And I was like, I know he's due like the month or the month after uh, Costello because Costello's, no, Costello's after Costello's, Costello's after. July yeah so you're June okay June 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 it's your name the kid June but um, but it might come in July because the end is June yeah do you know do you believe in star signs or any of that sort of stuff no I don't give a rat's no. about them. does Jade um, I think she's more into it than I am yeah cool yeah and what about like what like this is random now what about like religion and stuff where, where you like have to get the kid christened or anything like that? um I don't personally care, but if she she's like all for something, then like I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm very laid back. You've been there dunking the kid's head into the holy water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, sure. Ian was on the show. Uh, we're obviously going to be giving you uh, more up to dates as the t- this clock ticks down. It's coming up soon, Ross, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what do you make of having Ian on the show today, Ross? Lovely fella. Lovely fella. Uh, look. It's one of those things, sometimes me and you see people and go, they've got something. And it's not a particular thing, it's just a bit of star quality to them. Uh, same when we saw Fabian Edwards, Sean O'Malley, Zabit. It's just like when you see someone, you're like, they've got something about them, I don't know what it is. It's a bit like when I saw John Jones before, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, wow. And, you know, GSP retired the other day. I remember the first time I saw GSP and I was like, 
I fell in love with Emma Watson. I was like, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, it's like something like Brian O'Driscoll. And the thing is, like for whoever's listening now, when you're with someone like that, Ian, like he's obviously getting told how good he can potentially be. We didn't want to blow smoke up his ass and give him a big head or anything, but he seemed very level and he has like all the attributes. That's the thing yeah. that not many people have. Like he has the, the length, the reach. Like he's a handsome, a handsome chap as well. Like and he's confident. It's just like. And he's a good talker, so it's sort of like, you know, not many people have it all. Yeah, and we spent twice the amount of time with him not recording the show than we did actually recording the show. Yeah. Yeah, it's always cool to talk, to, like, like, it's always cool to talk to people with ambition, and he's so young as well. Like, we only decided to do the show at, like, the age of 25, 26. Mm. You know what I mean? And he's only 21. Like, James Gallagher headlined the Tree Arena there over the weekend. Was he's he only 22. 22. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, but, uh, you were obviously you were obviously doing stuff with news talk over the week, um, discussing stuff about Cheltenham. You're mad at the old horses, aren't you, buddy? Uh, to be honest, I didn't actually listen too much to the horses this time. I, I was actually knackered. I was, I was it was my ten or eleventh day working a row, so you, you know yourself just trying to earn as much money as I can before the kid comes along. Yeah. So uh, did you I, knock? I was did you just did you knock? Did you knock it out of the park? Yeah. I, I made it over that final fence. Yeah. <laughs> will you be Will you be going to Cheltenham? No, I'm not going to Cheltenham this year. There was talks about going at one stage, but unfortunately I'm not going anymore. You've never been, have you? No. Okay. I'm not that into the horses. You know I mean, I'll, yeah. I have a belt bet on Cheltenham, but like, I'm not in the bookies every week betting on horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I was, I'd be broke. Yeah. Get out of the bookies, mate, will you? Um, yeah, obviously, like Ross was obviously covering that. Uh, I went to the media day for Bellator, and um, oh, you did a good job in the interviews, by the way. But that's the thing. When you said that to me, I was like, "Man, you didn't even listen to them." No, it did. I actually listened to them all. Yeah, I actually listened to it twice. Believe it or not. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever listened to Joe twice. Yeah, you were probably just curious to be like, how much of a fucking idiot was he? You know. You know what it is? I think it's <laughs> sometimes when I'm listening back to the show and it's our show. Yeah, I'm, I enjoy it less because. I already know what I've said, if you know what I mean. So I'm more so listening back to be like, double back on what you said, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then when uh, it was you and then someone else was like, oh yeah, listen to that. It, it, which is actually sort of nice because it means that if I wasn't part of this podcast, I'd listen to the podcast, which I've never really had to think about that before. Yeah, but remember we did the shows by ourselves when you were over in England and yeah. I was here. But that was more of a necessity. This was more, I think, as of like an added bonus, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it was like a bonus episode. Yeah, like yeah, it was a bonus episode for everyone. Yeah. But like the night before, Ross was like, oh, I might be able to get there. And then obviously at the beginning of the show, I was like, you know, he'll probably just show up. So I was like, right. At the beginning, I was like, right, I'm going to go with Solo. And I was actually so nervous the night before when I went in. I was like, what am I going to say? And like, like we all know you're the MMA guy. So yeah. like if it was football, it would have been grand. But like, I was like, right. <laughs> at one stage, I thought, oh, maybe you just won't go. Yeah. Yeah, but that would have been the easy thing, man. I was like, yeah. I was like, here, just don't be a fucking pussy and just go, like you know, because like, what good would have that have done? Oh no, there was no benefit of not going. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. Now you've met all those people as well, so like you have, you know, a baseline level to say hello to them next yeah. time. And I just knew that was important for us. You know, what I mean, like, like as much as it's important for the show, it was important for us to get that experience. Like, first of all, when I went in, I interviewed Richie Smullen, and like, I. I he was he was annoyed at me for what I said. I asked, I, I said that I t- he what happened was in Bama he fought a guy called Reese McKee and I went to decision. 
But Bama were trying to push Reese McKee to become champion. So I thought they were going to give the win to Reese McKee, but it was a draw. And I said that to uh, Richie Smullen, and he was like, sure, why would they give it to him? And I was like, no, 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 no. Sorry, man, you have to completely get this wrong. But, uh, and I was like, oh, here, I'm making a ball to this straight away. Like, first of all, confidence shot dead. And then I went over and interviewed uh, Redzer. And I go, Redzer, how are you doing? He's like, I'm doing great, man, how are you? And I go, man, I'm actually just a bit nervous, man. And he's like, sure, why are you nervous? You're interviewing us. We're fighting on the weekend. And I was like, yeah, only joking, man. I'm always confident. <laughs> and then the cameraman comes over and takes a photograph of me interviewing uh, Redzer. And then I look at the camera and give the thumbs up, the infamous energized thumbs up, looking at it. And he's like, Redzer goes to me, he goes, you know, I'm at the post for the photos. And I was like, fucking hell, two interviews down, made a balls of both of them. But after that, I sort of got into this, the swing of things and it was, uh, it was actually very enjoyable. And at the end, I got to, like, unfortunately, I didn't get James. But, but like, because I wanted to go around and like, if the first interview was James, people listening to the show would have been like, right, I'll listen to James, that's it. But like, I was trying to build it up as in like, get the people on the lower card and then build it up. And then, uh, you were trying to, you were trying to do the interviews as if you were doing the main card, uh, as in like, as the card went along. Yeah. And the thing is, I wasn't going to be able to edit anything. So I was like, it has to go correctly. Uh, and at the end, I got to chat with Pete Carroll, who, uh, was he your favorite of all them? John, you know it was good to talk to someone who, had an opinion of the overcard overall because obviously the fighters are going to tell you they're going to win like no one's sitting there being like I'm going to lose but uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I know man but uh, no talking to PT and I was sort of like you know what I can really pick his brain because I thought it was only going to be about five minutes but I was talking to him for about like half the show f- yeah I think it was about 15, yeah. 15 minutes or so yeah. and like PT's good mates with Ariel and all and he's obviously on MMAfighting.com and uh, it was good to chat with him. He obviously follows our page as well. And, and he then, probably wasn't expecting to be interviewed at the media day. Maybe not. But, like, th- the funny thing is, like, they're all, like, MMA reporters. And, like, we're not reporters. You know what I mean? We're, like, we're a show. We're podcasters, yeah. We're, we're podcasters, yeah. yeah. We're, like, personalities. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas, like, those guys are just, like, what's going on this week? Who are you, What do you plan on fighting next? All that sort of stuff. Whereas... We like having a chat and sitting down. You want to know what they're eating for dinner? Or are you just like, yeah, what are you having after your fight? What's the food? I just thought that was sort of funny because at the end they have a bit of a laugh and they're like, do you know what? That was good. Good ending. You know? that, that's always been your thing though. You always go, I wonder what they have after, after the fight. Yeah, I'm just so curious. Redzer actually said that he was having pancakes with his niece the next morning. And uh, fair play to him because I found out after his eye was like, he had, he had serious problems going into that fight and he came out and won. Which was uh, which is helpful. Like, do you know what? It's good that I went there, sort of made a balls of a couple of things that I know next time that won't happen. And next time I'll be there to have your back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although next time we're going to have to like take turns doing the interviews, are we? Yeah, that, that should be fine, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I was thinking about, I overthink everything because I'm like. If the two of us were standing there, it would have been weird almost, wouldn't it? No, because you could have taken a photograph of me. I know, yeah, but like in, in general, like the two of us standing there staring at the person in interviewing them yeah probably because we'd never done it before as well but now there's going to be a, we're going to know what we're doing yeah. exactly you know I mean? so there we go but uh, loads of people actually checked it out and really enjoyed it and they're like hopefully Ross never comes back but uh, he's back back in action was anyone asking for me uh, yeah everyone everyone was asking where were you man and I was like he's, ha- he, he's, he's having a kid he's, he's having a kid he's having a kid in three months he's left he's left altogether but uh, yeah um People were asking us, uh, did we go to the event? And then uh, we actually found out, of, like less than a week before the event, that we weren't able to get the full media credentials to actually sit by the Octagon, 
which we've done so many times. So like that was that was a really really shit, Ross, wasn't it? Yeah, I was actually really annoyed over that. Yeah, um, especially being to previous Bellator events, uh, going to Bellator two hundred, going to the Bellator two hundred after party, you know, Barry wearing the glove with MVP, me wearing Musashi's belt at the yeah. after party. I, I was like, oh, we're a shoe in. Yeah, and then just disappointed to be told no, especially when I feel like and we and we had a photographer lined up to come with us. Yeah, I, I felt like we got bumped because. Someone like someone from the Irish Independent wanted to go and said or something like that who like didn't even know what they're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that was actually quite annoying. And then all that was left available for, for seats wise was the nose bleeders. Yeah. And I'm not being bad, like, but I, I've become a bit of a snob when it comes to going to sporting events. As in, like, I'm not sitting in a crap seat. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to be bad. I'd rather watch it at home and you get the full view, or I want a good seat in the house. Like I don't mind paying for them. I just want a good seat because. Realistically, if you get a crap seat, you don't enjoy it, and you end up watching it on the big screen in the arena, paying seven euro for a drink, and it's just not as fun. Yeah, uh, let let me like double down on that. After we found out we couldn't get the media credentials, first of all, we had to let down Sam Gibney. Shout out Sam, who was meant to come with us because we were like looking forward to this. As people know, we were updating everyone in the lead up to this whole event, and uh, having been previously working at these events, we were like, obviously, we're going to get one. Like, I mean. There has to be loyalty here, you know? Especially what we give them. It may not be something massive, but it's still loyalty nonetheless. And then when you found out there was only tickets at the very, very back of the back of the arena. And this they opened up the back of the arena. So we would have been so far back that like we may as well have been sitting in a different country. Bring the binoculars. Yeah, bring the binoculars, Roscoe, will you? I'll hold the points. And then uh the show was being shown on Sky Sports. And myself and Ross are like here. Why would we sit at the back when you get to sit in the, basically the front row watching it on Sky Sports? So we just made a logical decision. Also, it was a big slap in the face for us, like the amount of time and effort we put into stuff like this and not being given a proper reason. Uh, at the media day, I actually talked to the guy who was in charge because PT was like, here, should I talk to man Ryan there? And I was like, here, Ryan, man, we've been covering this for ages and you only gave us an, an, like notice uh, like a week in advance. And we were the only seats we had left were in the back. And... Um, I was like, would you not at least have like kept separate tickets available for people who got turned down being like, here, you you didn't get the media credentials, but uh, these are decent seats here. You can get them at like half price or even full price. It was more the thing having to sit, pay full price at the very, very back. It wasn't worth it, man. I think anyone who applies for media credentials, they should reserve 100 seats um, that are in like a good section of the crowd. Send them off for media. And then if they don't sell, reopen them to the public. I think that only makes sense. Yeah, man. I'm not, not even trying to sound bitter. I'm just like being realistic. The amount of events we've worked at and covered. Just in terms of a business prospect, that makes better. Because I'm sure if, just say, the 42.e didn't get media credentials. And then they your man who works for 42.e, the sports editor, goes, how much is this ticket? And they were like, 100 euros. Right, we'll just send someone for 100 euros. And then you can still write your article on it anyway. Yeah. Makes sense to me anyway. I know, yeah. Do you think we sound bitter there, do we? Um, I don't think we sound bitter. It's just more so... You shouldn't wait a week before advance to tell someone they can't get media credentials and then they can't get tickets to the fight. You know what I mean? Because then you're banking everything on media credentials and I don't want to buy a ticket for something and then get media credentials either. That's my point. If I said there should have been like a system where there's a first round of people. Almost like if auditions. Like if someone's mm. like an actor and they go through the first round of auditions it's like oh you didn't pass this round here's a notification in a month in advance and you're like alright grand I'll go and buy tickets then yeah. but not getting offered the nosebleed seats 
Jesus, man. And we would have had to go there for like five o'clock because we wanted to see Will fight because obviously Will was on the show. And yeah. think how locked we would have been by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Oh, it would have been ridiculous. I mean, whereas the majority of people would have went for around half eight, nine to yeah. watch the main card. But anyway. Very energized. We'll get back on to the crack of the week. We might as well start off with that infamous League Cup final. Um, Man City played Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final. And it was nil all. And uh, in the 120th minute. Just uh, before penalties. Just before penalties. Sari tried to take off keeper. I'm not going to try a second. Uh, try to say his surname. For Willy Cabello. Yeah. Um, he was trying to substitute the goalkeepers for the penalty shootout. Yeah. And keeper, the goalkeeper who was on the pitch for Chelsea, refused to go off. Now. This has, one, never, this has never been done before. No, I've never seen this ever before. One thing I will say, though. A lot of people after the game were saying, Cabello's a penalty expert. And I was like, first of all, I've never heard he was a penalty expert until he was supposed to come on for the penalty shootout. But then secondly, one big you know, factor was that Cabello used to play for Man City. So therefore, he would know a lot of the Man City penalty takers. And I didn't understand the logic and the mind games of bringing him on. What was your take on the entire oh, scenario? Oh, you did understand? No, I understand Sarri bringing on Cabello. Because okay. like, he know how the Man City players hit their penalties. He know their tendencies. And it would be a bit of a, a mindfuck if you're you know going up against the goalkeeper you see the penalties against the training but what was your take on the entire scenario um or did i miss anything no when i the the video clip i saw you sent it into the football group being like lads what do you make of that melee of sari and keppa and i was like well, i don't know what you're talking about so then i <clears throat> excuse me uh the video clip i saw online was just keppa the goalkeeper being like no no i'm not coming off no i'm grand and I was like, Jesus, man, like, you're getting told to get off the bleeding pitch, like, you know? And he was like, no. I was like, geez, there's a spoiled millionaire. After I found out that he was cramping during the game, so Sarri's like, here, you know what? If this is going to penalty shootouts, and I have a goalkeeper who formerly played for Man City, and my goalkeeper has cramp, this makes a logical substitution. First of all, first things first, the goalkeeper needed to get off the bleeding pitch, and that is it. No matter what, no, no matter how spoiled, good, bad, anything. If your number goes up on that on that board, you need to get off. Dab Louise went over to Kepa being like, he was obviously like, get off the pitch. Aspilicueta is the captain of Chelsea. He should have came over and told him to get off the pitch. Aspilicueta later later on said that he never saw what was going on. But like, this was going on for a good two minutes. And that was an like, absolute lie. Yeah. The whole stadium was like, what is going on? Yeah, but that shows he has no balls to say this. It was actually our previous show and we were discussing Chelsea saying, um, no, sorry, it was two episodes ago. We are Thank God I wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, that we were saying Chelsea have lost the they've lost the plot. Yeah. They're, they're in serious like that is imagine doing that imagine someone doing that to Alex Ferguson for United. I'm oh, not coming off. It would never happen. Like and then they were unsure whether he'll play the Spurs game. I'd be like, he's absolutely dropped. That's what I'd be saying. I wouldn't even have him on the bench. He totally disrespected his manager in front of everyone. And the thing is about being a manager, it's like when you're a dad, when you have a young kid. And there's there are, millions of people watching that game and they're, the kids there crying wanting, wanting an ice cream and you're like no the thing is if you give in if you give in and give that kid that ice cream that kid's like right anytime I want an ice cream I'm just going to keep crying because I'm going to get it you need to put the authority down and be like you get the fuck off the pitch now because yeah. now, now any Sarri's obviously going to leave at the end of the season because or else Kepa's going to have to go that is ruined but like 
The next team he goes to, so imagine he takes over a team with Mario Balotelli. Balotelli come off. He'd be like, go fuck yourself. Mm. Also, Cabello was just left standing there where like, he actually did like, you know the meme where you put your hands up and goes, what's going on? He did that meme. Like, you know what I mean? I was, I was looking at him going, the poor fella. Like, poor he, fella. he had his chance to do it. Also, there was one of the penalties in the shootout that he 100% should have saved and he didn't save. It was a terrible penalty. It was actually Aguero hit a terrible penalty. Yeah. And, uh, Keeper was doing some sort of weird. He was sort of talking to him and doing these gestures before the penalty, and then Aguero sort of went to him afterwards. He goes, "Huh, you should have saved that man." Yeah, that's the thing. That what eventually happened was Kepa stayed on the pitch. They didn't yeah. make the sub in the end, and Man Chelsea- City won the shootout. Yeah, Man City then won the shootout. See, if in a way, Sarri's lucky that they actually lost because if Kepa had saved all the penalties and they won, Kepa be like, "Look, I'm right." Whereas yeah. now that they lost and he was in goal, Sarri's like. You shouldn't have went against me. Ross, we put this up on our story and people have some things to say about it. I'll just look at some of them. Uh, Jamie McLaughlin 98 said, should have listened to, sorry, fair. Uh, Looks Life, the shoe company, make sure to check them out. Uh, I'd have shot Kepa if I was sorry. (laughs) That or ran on the pitch. Uh, That that or ran on and punched the tits off. Fair point. Uh, Marcus Moore, over-exaggerated. Rory Crowdy, Kepa should have come off even if it was fine. Sorry, backpedaled in the post-match interview. No excuses. Uh, other people here are saying, Aiden Smith saying, a complete laugh. David Lacey, he was actually, he wrote a couple of things. Uh, Once your number is up, it's time to go. The young lad is on 80k a week. He should do what his manager says. He should be on more than 80k a week. He went for 75 million, but okay. Yeah. Bomb uh, Bomb Tom says, love Sorry 10 times more. And Sam Gibney, shout out. Uh, shambles, only word for it. That is a shambles, man. That's a... What are they going to do next? Suppose people are now talking about Lampard going there or else Zidane. Zidane's not going to go into that mess. No. I think I think Lampard could be a very good hire for them just because he'd have at least the respect of the players. That's the thing. They need to start back with getting respect, Roscoe. Although the only thing is he he did go to City. You know what I mean? I wonder if that lost a bit of the Chelsea rub there. I don't think it, I don't think that has no. at all. No. He's too much of a legendary. Is, is, is he not their all-time scorer or yeah, something? Yeah, he is, yeah. But the thing is, just because Solskjaer goes back to United doesn't mean Lampard going there means it's going to work as well. No, but you look at Chelsea and you go, who is Chelsea? And like, yeah. they have Hazard, but I think Hazard might be the biggest problem out of all the players there. Seems like Kepa is as well, man. Yeah, and I look at them and go, they don't really and have... He, he's only there six months. Yeah, but they don't really have a like definitive set core group of players. And I think that's a big issue for them. Yeah, and uh, they're after being banned from signing players for two transfer windows. Yeah, so if they sell sell Hazard, they're going to be easily the sixth best team in the Premier League. If not, they might start falling into seventh, eighth, ninth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you take Hazard out of that team, who's better, Chelsea or Everton? Oh. Um, like no, but Ch- probably still Chelsea. Everton play yeah, shit like, as well. Yeah, but not not by a lot, if you know what I mean. As in, like, or West Ham or Chelsea with no Hazard. You know what I mean? Like, you don't... All those games that, like, Chelsea have Hazard and you go, they're definitely going to win. You don't go, they're definitely going to win. And, like, also someone like hudson Odoi doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Like, if PSG come calling for Kante, he'll probably go there as well. You know what yeah, I mean? The, the thing is about hudson Odoi, I like... I think he does want to stay there. He's happy to stay there. But the thing is, he wants to play. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, he doesn't want to go to Bayern and sit in the bench as well, you know? Yeah, but I think if they can't sign anyone for a full year, a lot of those players will want to go. Like, uh, William will want to go. Kante will probably want to go. Yeah. Hazard will want to go. I've never seen a club 
bullies or get rid of so many manage, managers. Like, what's going on? And the thing is about Chelsea, it's not in some shithole. It's in London. It's where everyone, all the foreign players want to move to. You know Who I mean? are they going to get in for the rest of the time? I don't know. It's hard going to see out the year. Yeah, well, they're in the Europa League, aren't they? So, oh, if he wins that, I don't know. I, I feel the thing so- is, they could actually win that as well. Like, it's not actually the hardest trophy to win. You know, they would have like a not that great team. Yeah, I feel sorry for Sarri, man. It's just sort of awkward watching that. Yeah, it was an absolute shambles. I don't think it would happen between any other manager and any other team. Yeah, in the but, yeah, but I think if Sarri was Larry, the same thing would have happened. I think they're just. It just happens to the man. Look, it happened to Mourinho. Happens to it happens to everyone who takes charge there. That thing, that place is a poison chalice, almost like Newcastle was. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit, it's almost a bit like the England job, isn't it? As in, like no matter well, how good old you school, do, old school England. Yeah, yeah. not 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 the new school where yeah. like the the standards have dropped so so much that like reaching the semi final of the World Cup is like win the World Cup. Yeah, but uh, like before that, it was like how could you not win the World Cup with Beckham or what's called Gerrard, and like you could never do well enough yeah I, I just think Chelsea's the biggest shambles of a club going and I don't know where they're going to go from here too many mercenaries man it's they have like, to play Spurs next in the league that, do you know what? it must be so hard shout out to Jamie Hickey to be a Chelsea fan looking at that yeah because like I know when we were watching Man U before Solskjaer took over we were looking at the worst football I've ever seen but looking at this team knowing they are mercenaries trying to kick out the managers it's just like this is not that's not what football is meant to be. Like you're meant when you watch your team or sport or athlete, you're sporting them because they're putting their all in. You know what I mean? If if I was there playing a football, I wouldn't be like, Ross, come down and watch me play football and then watch me not even try. Why would you come and watch me then, you know? It's it's quite a strange one because like with Man United, you could tell the manager was a problem. With Arsenal with Wenger, the manager was the problem. As in like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then with Chelsea, it's like the manager's not the problem. It's the players. It doesn't seem to. It doesn't seem to matter what manager you get in there, you're gonna have the same problems over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up with what do you think is going to happen next with Chelsea. Sarri's going to have to put Kep on, at least on the bench. I think if yeah. he if he lets him start the next game, well, he might as well hand his resignation. Yeah. The, yeah. Sarri's going to go at the end of the season. I feel like he's going to fly back to Italy and be like, here, do you know what? Yeah, probably become like the next Milan manager or something. Could become the next. Yeah. There's a, those jobs seem to just circulate over in Italy so I'm sure yeah. he'll be grand but uh, oh another thing do you think that you'll ever see that happen again a player being like no grand no if they are there will be severe consequences for the player I think that player will never play again under that manager I think the league should almost bring that in as a rule yeah. as in like when that number goes up and you were coming off that is it because yeah. remember when diving started happening in the Premier League and then more you underage players were diving everywhere that was almost like a cancer. So, like, if you kick that out now, of being like, when your number goes up, you get off. Because these like, these people are millionaires doing this. Well, if, if you look about, if you look at like Stratus Ferguson, there was no player too big for the club Manchester Manchester United. Ruben Istroy had an argument with Ferguson, he had to go. Roy Keane had an argument, he had to go. Peter Schmeichel had an argument, he had to go. Yap well, Sam well, had an Schmeichel argument, retired. he had to go. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. It's funny how it was. Like Schmeichel won the Champions League, and they were like, see it. No, I mean, yeah, but he was getting on though. Like he was, it was. Well, sort you just of, won the Champions League. You know what I mean, you can't really be like, "Oh, he was finished." No, but he said he was leaving after that year. I know, yeah, but like the, he was, he was like let go. I'm sure if they wanted to keep him, they would have kept him. Like he ended up in Man City. Yeah, but Man City were in the League One. Man City were like 
Newcastle or something. There, yeah, but it's very hard to say the goalkeeper who won the Champions League, who's probably still touted as the best goalkeeper in the world, was like finished. Yeah, it's funny how Ferguson had told manager control, whereas now it's the players' control. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, but uh, we look at the Champions League anyway. Uh, from last week, um, where we kick off with Roscoe Liverpool drawing nil with Bayern. What did you make of that? That was the worst game of Champions League football I've watched all season. What about Leon and Barcelona drawing nil as well? Oh, that one was a classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man City came back from the dead. Your mate Sané is going a brilliant free kick winning, yeah, winning against the former club. And you know what? Big shout out to Bentaleb. Couldn't do it in the Premier League. Two goals in the Champions League. Fair play to him. Yeah, two penalties. And then Atletico Madrid beat Juventus 2-0. Ross, you were saying Juventus could win the whole game. Yeah, I, I was sort of saying this could be a final-like game. I was saying that Atletico Madrid could be the best team in Spain um, in terms of their starting 11 now with you know Messi dropping off a bit. Even though he scored a hat-trick again, his 50th career hat-trick during the week. Any hat-tricks? And uh, look, Real Madrid just aren't the team they used to be. So I think the winner of that game or whoever goes through there is going to be my team to win the Champions League. Imagine you got another Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid Champions League final in Atletico Madrid Stadium. Could happen. Yeah. Did you see Ronaldo after the game, after he got booed and everything? I was doing the five. Yeah, he was like, I have five Champions Leagues, so you have none. And then one of his was against Atletico Madrid in the final. Yeah, it was, yeah. What a way to show people up, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit like Martin O'Neill. Big Marty. Um, next week, the Champions League is back as well, so we won't be... We may as well do that next week's show, yeah? Yeah. But uh, has anyone really stood out for you after the first legs, Ross? Because uh, obviously Letico were winning. Um, Definitely Letico looked really, really good. PSG looked very, very good. Um, Dor- uh, sorry, Spurs. Spurs looked great against Dortmund. They're the three teams, I think, that like have sort of put their... They're in the next round. They'd have to be dragged out of it. Dragged out of it. How come yeah. I'm not seeing Barcelona here, Ross? They were nil all against Leon. Oh, nil all. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm looking at the away fixtures. Yeah, uh, next week's fixtures, uh, United are going to be playing against PSG. Real Madrid are playing against Ajax, Spurs. So that should be interesting. Um, we'll also discuss Man United over the weekend. They took on Liverpool and drew nil all. Ross, Man United had three injuries in the first half, three substitutions. Spurs, I'm sorry, Liverpool had one injury, one substitution. Someone goes, what's the score? I go, three subs to one. Um, in your opinion... Who was better off getting that point? Like, whose point is better? I think the point that ended up being better for Man United in the end, due to the circumstances of the game. Leading into the game, I think the point was better for Liverpool. Uh, Manchester United are obviously the informed team in the Premier League right now. Um, going into the game, I think Liverpool have... The results haven't been as strong as of late. Um, but, look, if you look at the midfield that finished the game for Man United... It was McTominay, Pereira and Pogba. And you don't look at that midfield. You know what I mean? Like, if you take Pogba out of that, they could be the Bournemouth midfield. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in hindsight, great point. I'd say it was a better point for Man United. But leading into the game, Klopp would have definitely taken a point. Definitely, yeah. Um, when they were dropping like flies, Ross, I was really, really shitting it. And in fairness, Rashford should have came off as well. He wasn't even able to play the game. Yeah, there was no subs left. No subs left. Um, you know, there was there to be taking advantage of I think like yeah. if it, t- the shoe was on the other foot imagine they had to like play with Origi and Sturridge and Shakira. Well, and- Firmino came off that bring on Sturridge but I don't think Firmino has been at the races this year no um, Luke but- Shaw did great against Salah what was the story with that um, Ross Salah has never scored against United in a Liverpool jersey um, the way I look at it is Man United just seem to know how to defend against them Ashley Young played him out of the game last season and Luke Shaw seems to have done it this season so yeah but Ashley Young was brutal in that game 
I think uh, obviously they found found a way of doing it. There was they seem to press quite high on him whenever he gets the ball. Like they're on his case already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, Liverpool only have a plan A. They have no plan B. Yeah, I thought Fabinho was great for Liverpool in the game. I thought he was their sort of uh, free flowing footballer in that game. Like he played very well. And then Allison's bogey when he gets the ball his feet, isn't he? Liverpool goalkeeper. Yeah, he is. He is. He is a bit uh, dodgy. But um, I thought Pogba was actually quite good for Man United so as well. I. So did I. Um, like he did the, the things that he needed to do yeah. well. Yeah, he carried the ball out from sort of yeah. his third of the pitch a good few times. I, I just hated the way United didn't have any counter attack. Mm. And you know who's actually really good not playing his regular position? Lukaku. Like he put in a few good balls from from the right hand side. Yeah, he's crossed into the box. He's just not good enough, man. He's just not good enough. I I, I thought I, I was like, you know what, Lukaku actually had an alright game, <laughs> considering they didn't play to his strengths. If that makes sense. Yeah, they didn't because they had to leave Rashford up there by himself. Yeah, but, but um, obviously, especially with the injury, you know what it remind me of? Do you remember Wayne Rooney was on like the best form of his career, and man, you know he played Bayern Munich in the Champions League, and like. They were shitting yeah. themselves Wayne Rooney. But he was limping around the pitch and they had like three players marking him. But he could barely run. Did he score? Oh, yeah, I think he scored in that game yeah, as well, I think didn't as well, he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to my dad who was over there at the game and shout out to the lads who went as well. Roe and Costello. Two beans. They loved the game. They loved the game. Very them. But uh, do, you know what, do you know what the good thing about that game is? What? We didn't go. Yeah, because it was nil all. Can't, can't go to nil all games anymore, man. Sick of it. But... Uh, also of the weekend, the Six Nations was on. And uh, Ross, where do we start in the Six Nations? Because um, look, this was not a very good performance for Ireland whatsoever. I think what you say, eighteen knock-ons or something like that. It was a record. There was eighteen handling errors. Eighteen nine knock-ons. Nine knock-ons. Uh, look, went in at halftime behind as well against Italy. Yeah, what was it, sixteen eleven? I think at halftime. Give or twelve. Take, I think. Sixteen twelve. Uh, look, Ireland were not at the races. It was very, very disappointing uh, performance. But at the end of the day, they won with a bonus point, and that's what they went to Italy to get. It was a good. You know re- I mean? It was a good result on paper. Yeah, but good watching it, paper. it, it was some of the worst no. rugby I've ever seen Ireland play um, in a long time. Player, the only player who I thought was very good, Keith Earls, I thought was brilliant in the game. As always, yeah, Mister Consistency yeah. Uh, scored himself a try, made a brilliant line break, and then popped the ball to Stockdale, and then Stockdale just dropped it. Uh, <laughs> Although that. Stockdale also, how many good tries does Stockdale get that are just like he just picks the ball up and runs the pitch and then scores a try? Uh, uh, have you ever seen a player do as frequent as he does? He has, as we, we were talking about Ian Gary earlier, but he has something about him. Yeah, it's the same thing with Stockdale. He has something about him. Yeah, you, when he was it from the kickoff, he's just scored that try, and that was just it. I'm oh. pretty sure it was his kickoff. He, the Italian fellas caught it, dropped it, and he just picked up, and ran in the try. I was like, what? It was crazy. Very Stockdale. He's the man. But uh, look, but serious improvements are needed in that Irish team. Uh, France are up next in two weeks' time. France are up next, yeah. Um, at home. Uh, at home, in the Aviva Stadium, on Sunday the 10th. So we, we expect win for that. Uh, we'll probably record a podcast on that one. Uh, we will. Another yeah. one, the Six Nations special. Yeah. And then, obviously, England are going to play Italy. And then Wales, Scotland. So we'll have a really good idea going into the final day the six nations who's going to win it where we go to the principality stadium yeah uh just here after week three on saturday france beat scotland 27 10 i think we both thought scotland will win that uh then also wales defeat england 21 13 ross we didn't expect that either so no. we, so we actually got both of them wrong no and uh fair play to wales because they might have given themselves a very good chance to win the six nations 
by not letting them get a bonus point. Yeah, because at the moment, Wales are coming first with 12 points. And they haven't got any bonus points. Uh, England are coming second with 10 points. Ireland are coming third with nine. Quite big. Uh, France, the the subject French you learned in school. Bonjour. Uh, (laughs) With uh, coming fourth with six points. Uh, Scotland coming fifth with five points. And the Italians coming last with zero points. Ross, nine points. Coming third, Wales are winning it with 12 points. See, the thing is, Italy haven't actually been hammered by anyone yet. So, I'll be interested to see how England play against them next week. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Uh, the next fixtures that are on Saturday week, Scotland are taking on Wales, England are taking on Italy, and as we said, Ireland are taking on France on the Sunday. So, let's see how that all pans out. Uh, right, we're going to move on to the GOAT retiring from the world of MMA. George St. Pierre has finally hung up his gloves at the age of 37, after 26 wins and two losses and two titles in two separate divisions. Roscoe, did you shed a tear from the GOAT? Um, I actually didn't. I was actually a bit disappointed almost because I felt like he has one or two more fights actually left in him, especially after seeing him come back against Bisping and how dominant in that fight he was. Um, were you there? Yeah, UFC 217, we were there. I'm not even going to lie, I think... Um, Michael I think I'll go to my grave happy that I know I got to see the greatest uh, mixed martial artist in the world before him. Oh, stop being a sap um, man, will you? It was, <laughs> it, it, it was just incredible. Um, I'll never forget when he beat uh, Thiago Alves at UFC 100. Like That was like an iconic event. Um, yeah, Lesnar versus Mir too. He's just he's just the best ever to do it. Like, you know what I mean? yep. like I said, he only ever had two losses, but he came back and avenged those losses. So, in my eyes... In his career, he never lost. Pure, mar- pure martial artist, isn't he? Just yeah. the way when he came out in the gi with a headband. like I feel like McGregor's almost like a celebrity fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it like, is. Whereas, no. whereas like, George St. Pierre is and like he, said, he, he stayed so true to his character throughout his entire process. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was almost weird how much of a superstar he was because I feel like if he came around today and was starting again, he'd get no recognition. Yeah. Ariel Hawani actually said that it was George St. Pierre fighting that got him into the MMA game and and if you haven't seen that picture with also with Ariel Hawani that was outside MSG and I was like Ross there's Ariel Hawani well Ross was looking at all the bleeding skyscrapers and he's like fucking hell it is man <laughs> yeah man that was good all day yeah look he's the best to ever do it you know what I'm just happy to that he's healthy and he's been able to hang him up on top and I'm sure he's going to go into the UFC Hall of Fame exactly man watching him was sort of like it was almost like watching the past fighting as in like yeah. it was like nostalgic watching George St. Pierre headline a card in MSG I wonder what card is going to make us really go out of our way to watch again you know well if John Jones finds him better like 235 would have been a card to go to yeah um, okay we'll just move on oh here by the way it was also announced that at UC 236 Ross Cadwell's best friend and future podcast co-host Max Holloway is <laughs> taking on Kelvin Gastelum for the interim middleweight title no he's not oh no sorry uh, it's Dustin, Poirier. Dustin Poirier for the interim lightweight title and also Israel Adesanya is taking on Kelvin Gastelum for the interim middleweight title two interim titles 236 Ross the interim pay-per-view the interim pay-per-view um, yeah look I'm actually just really excited for the fights also Dustin Poirier is one of the people who actually has beaten Max Holloway in his career uh, he yep. beat him with an anaconda choke back in the day 
um, in a featherweight contest. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah. And then... Are you surprised that Tony Ferguson didn't fight for that? Or He, he was offered the fight and he turned it down. Yeah. So I don't know what... Tony Ferguson is someone I'll never understand, so I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try and understand him. And then... Geez, they're very much so jumping the gun Adesanya versus Gaslam for an interim middleweight title, aren't they? Yeah. But it'll be an interesting fight to see. I actually think Gaslam has a better chance of beating Adesanya than he does Whitaker. Do you? Yeah. I think if you can get Adesanya to the ground, I think he stands a very good chance. And I think he will be able to get him to the ground. Yeah. And do you know what's cool about that? I know, obviously, interim titles aren't ideal for anyone, but uh, the best thing about it is we have good matchups there, and also we can discuss that at a further date. Oh yeah, Rob Whitaker also came in and said, "Is that a sign you're fighting Gaston for Henry Cejudo's belt?" <laughs> yeah, oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, that's gas. That's gas. But uh, if you're enjoying the Energize show so far, give us a shout out, give us a like, just do whatever that that stuff that is required. We're almost on ten thousand followers now, Ross. Yeah, we're on the road. The Rocky Road to ten k. Very energised. I swear to God, this has been some grind trying to reach that 10k. Never thought it was possible as well. Yeah. But uh, in the main part of the show, here we go. Bellator Dublin was on over the weekend. And James Gallagher headlined the card against Stephen Graham. Uh, Funny fact about Stephen Graham. He had like 700 followers on Instagram. Followed nearly 800 people. and um, He gained 100 followers. He gained 100 followers. Fair play to Stephen Graham. Yeah. Um, One thing I will say about this Bellator... Uh, Dublin and the European series it's one thing Bellator that brilliantly is you're able to watch the fights on the Bellator app and I don't think I've ever watched it on my phone and been like this is brilliant it was so better than much. YouTube wasn't it yeah like you could click out and it goes right back in straight away yeah Whoever created exactly it, where you were the coders who made that app deserve are probably have done the best job of anyone working for Bellator even the people on their website are shit with uploading pictures yeah and you didn't have to sign into anything you didn't have to do anything you yeah. just download no, the app and there it was no credit card details or anything yeah, it was brilliant. I don't think I've ever like been in an app and went, geez, this works perfectly. Yeah. Where do you want to start in this, Ross? You know what? I'll jump into the prelims and just yeah. look at a few lads. Cause call, call, we'll call out a few of the early ones and then we'll, yeah. we'll go across. Yeah, I think we should just start. Well, uh, these aren't properly in order. Very Bellator. But uh, Liam McCord won against uh, Hattie's Ozirat. Uh, she won after the first round. She do- totally dominated. Yeah. Dr. Uh, Stoppage. It's going to be tough for Leah to get many fights in this 145-pound division, Ross. Yeah. Um, Look how hard it is for Cyborg to get a fight. The, my only criticism of Leah was maybe she should have been slightly more patient. She was trying to rain down too many strikes and she could have just been a bit more accurate and a bit more efficient with her energy. Yeah, she probably needed a few more elbows or something. Yeah. Some more finisher. It, it, it was never a finisher. Yeah, she, it was almost like she was trying to give her a black eye as opposed to trying to knock her out. Yeah. Your one wouldn't stop. She was like a slug. Getting, yeah. Uh, also, our mate... Will Flurry won by decision in the second round against Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor came in overweight. Will Flurry went in there and just totally dominated Sean Taylor, who went into that fight eight and one. Yeah, Will Flurry looked absolutely incredible. And then once got he got onto the ground, rear naked choke. Your man didn't want to be in there. No, you could tell. Um, where do you think Will goes from here now? Because obviously he's in the middleweight division, and there's not many middleweights walking around Ireland. Well, maybe he goes over to Birmingham and fights Fabian Edwards. Our mates fighting each other. That's happened before. It's happened before, Ross, and uh, it probably won't be the last time as well. Uh, Ryan Curtis obviously won over the weekend as well against Luis Gonzalez. Um, Very impressed with him. Ryan Curtis, he's only, 100, only 125 pounds. There's no 125 pound division in 
Bellator. UFC are talking about getting rid of it as well. But there's something about Ryan. He's like he's he's a handsome fella and he talks well and he's very confident. Yeah, handsome fella talks well. Lovely haircut. He is a barber. Yeah. And <laughs> look, I was impressed by him. I was like, yeah. why not try and build a European flyweight division? Yeah. I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't either. But uh, and there's plenty of fellas who are cut by the UFC who could easily be signed across and just bring them to Bellator. Yeah. Ryan could definitely. You know, like I want to see another Irish guy carry a, get a belt and Ryan Curtis looks like he's up for it and that was a tough one for him to go into coming off a loss but he made a big statement got on the mic after and said his, said his part yeah I was impressed yeah um, let me fast forward here the face of Bama aka the face of Bellator Richie Coyley won uh, I thought it was KO but you had to finish your man Boucher after Richie Coyley was pissed off he wasn't allowed on the mic after as well Roscoe yeah he really really was uh as he called himself the most handsome man in in Bellator. He is he is gassing the mic. We're planning yeah. on getting him on the show as well. He's uh he's cool crack. Yeah, I I I, I was most impressed. I think with Richard Coyley out of everyone, as in like I was like he really overshot what I thought he was going to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. He looked he looked totally different to his last fight when he yeah. lost for the title. obviously that knee problem he had in the last fight was a lot more evident than we were aware of. Yeah, he should have been. He sh- they should have given him the mic. Yeah, definitely. Because he's a great talker as well. I feel like a few of them are good talkers. It would have been interesting to see what he has to say. Exactly, yeah. He's calling out, like, Jake Paul and stuff. This is, he's gas. Can't wait to actually have him on. He's a bit of crack. Uh, also, Paul Redzer Redmond, who is now officially one of our mates, Ross. See, you gave us a follow. Yeah. Very Paul Loves Redzer. the lads. Loves the lads. Paul Redzer, he won by decision against Charlie Leary. Uh, that wasn't an easy fight. And no. It's good to see he got the win, Roscoe. Pioneer yeah, Char- of Irish MMA. Yeah, Charlie Leary was massive. Couldn't believe how tall he was. Um, but look Reds got the job done uh, like you said it wasn't easy but he got the job done and I'm pretty sure he w- he wasn't feeling the best fight week as well I'm pretty sure he was sick so fair play to him yeah Reds are overcoming adversity Reds are isn't a big talker he doesn't talk the talk but he walks the walk yeah but he said he wasn't nervous <laughs> <laughs> oh we should try and get him on the show as well yeah Team Rhino. Hope the pancakes were nice yeah uh, the KO of the night Charlie Ward defeated Jamie Stevenson as well uh, I found this funny because he wasn't actually on the main card, but when the main card was shown on TV, they added it on. Yeah. But uh, Charlie Ward KO man, he put it was James, vicious. Put Jamie Stevenson to sleep. What do you think Charlie Ward's going to do next, Ross? Because he wanted to be on the main card, but uh, uh, who are you meant to kick off the main card? You know. I, I have no idea who Charlie Ward's going to fight next, but whoever he does fight, I will be watching. He actually can't fight in America though, so he's going to have to send the Europeans in. I'm sure that's ground for him, you know? Yeah, he doesn't mind. No, I don't think he was a shit really. And then kicking off the main card, you had Richie Smullen um, against Adam Gustaleb. Uh Adam Gustab, yeah. Okay. Um, for me, it, I really thought that... Uh, I, I wasn't overly keen on Richie's performance. I would have probably got the finish, but it is what it is. Yeah, it went to decision. Yeah, I thought he was going to get the finish there. Yeah, but yeah, you see, let's see him fight someone in America next and see if he gets on. Yeah, it was sort of when it got to this, I was like, hopefully these lads all make a big, yeah, like get a big win. So therefore, and then that went to decision. But let's see what happens with Richie next. You know what I mean? Next time yeah. you're going to have to interview him, Ross. Uh, also, Kiefer Crosby came out with a win. Still undefeated, 6-0 and against Daniel Onyejic. Yeah, he dropped him, got the rear naked choke. I was impressed to see him use some jiu-jitsu skills as well. Fair play to Kiefer. I'd be interested to see what he wants to do next. Also, on the mic, the 165 pound division. Yeah. Now, very, very uh, good call out. That's exactly what I thought, Ross. I was yeah. like, Bellator are almost pioneering MMA now. Yeah, they making... should change the divisions. Exactly. They should do that because think about the fighters that would be like, you know what? I want to go there because uh, 165 pounds, 
there's loads of people that want to fight yeah. there. 165, 175, why not? Yeah, sure, they're the ones doing the Grand Prix and everything. Mm. That I was like, you know what, Kiefer, that is such a good call out. That was a great yeah. idea because obviously he's a bit undersized. And a lot of the you guys might jump ship then, exactly, man, exactly. And then in the co main event, um, Peter Creedy lost to Miles Price by decision. Uh, Ross, before we actually get into that fight, what did you make of the Peter Creedy walkout playing zombie in the tree arena? It was this incredible. is what, This it, was something crazy. It blew crazy. the roof off the place. Yeah. It was almost Conor McGregor esque, one might say. Um, yeah. The fans kept on singing the song, and it's not really a song that you hear people keep on singing after it's finished, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I was absolutely blown away uh, by the yeah. intro. Miles Price was booed, like you could barely hear the announcer call his name. Yeah. And the fight was very lackluster, though, I thought. Uh, it was very grapple heavy. I really, really thought it, it was going to be more, you know, put, plant your feet and rock and sock and robots. Well, Creedy was lighting them up on the feet, and then Miles Price started getting back into the clinch. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought Creedy won the first round, Price won the second round, Price won the third round. That's yeah. what I thought. I'd opinion. agree, yeah. Yeah, I, we, yeah, we both thought that. Yeah. But for some reason, I thought Creedy was going to be handed it. Oh well, doesn't always go our way. That's why you should never let it go into the judges. Uh, let it go to the judges' decision. But in the main event of the evening, uh, James got her eight and one, defeated Stephen mm. Graham. Uh, I noticed at the weigh-ins, Stephen Graham was wearing your jeans, Ross. Yeah, what it was uh, not the best pair of jeans I've ever seen in my entire life. What are they called again? Uh, Boo cut jeans. No flares. Flares. I keep saying yeah. bell bottoms. He's uh, look. James got came in, had his way with him, got the body triangle on him, and then rear naked choked him. And that was just it. That's all she wrote. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we just had to pause it there because Ross was going up to see if Stephen Graham actually did rob his jeans. And luckily enough, he didn't. So Ross is now wearing flares. Lovely flares. Lovely pair of flares. But Ross, yes, James defeated Stephen Graham um, by decision in, uh, submission in the first round. This thing was over before it nearly started. Yeah. It, in fairness, they were sort of saying, they were almost, the commentary were almost overhyping Stephen Graham's black belt. Or sorry, brown belt. Brown belt. And they were like, "He's really good jujitsu." And then when I was watching the fight, I was like, "He doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing." It yeah. almost like they picked a skinny guy out of the crowd and went, "Right, you, you're going to fight." It did. He, uh, did. he had no like personality really, and nothing about him. I didn't. I didn't see one interview with him for the entire week. Yeah. Um. Look, James Gallagher. He was a lamb to the slaughter for James Gallagher. Yeah. He came in, got the submission win. You know, what? I almost think this wasn't a positive for James in one way that. He should have been fighting someone better. As in like, I know he lost his last fight to Ricky Mandeas, but it was okay to drop him down a level of competition, but like, I think this is the worst opponent James Gallagher's ever fought. Yeah. Spade a spade, man. Like, first of all, everyone, like, uh, the, the, the people very knowledgeable of MMA to the casual fan would have known that James was by far the favourite here. Yeah. Now the people, remember they were on that Elaine show, shout out to yeah. Des Dolls. The presenter on that wouldn't be able to know that this fella wouldn't be able to win. Like she, she probably thought it was going to be more fifty fifty. Was this his Bellator debut? Uh, I actually don't think it was. I don't think it was. I assume he lost his other fight then. He won his last fight. He, he won, his, won his last fight. Yeah. Jeez, whoever he was fighting last must have been like dreadful also. Yeah, I think he was actually fighting me. But <laughs> 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 uh, Let's just have a look at the event overall. Yeah, hold on for a second. I just wanted to give a shout out to James because he said when he was going out, 
he did that for his granddad who was really ill and unfortunately we just found out today that his granddad's after passing but um do you know what? It was great for his granddad to see James actually win that in like mm. in a huge event, man. Like as in like yeah. headline and everything. So that's yeah, I mean that's really sad as well. Like you know what I mean? yeah, like I've no fucking grandparents or anything left. But uh, you know what I mean that's great for his grandparent, his dad, his granddad. Do you know what? His gra- you feel like his almost his granddad would have held out and just saw that, and then he was like, yeah, rest, in, now, rest, yeah. rest yeah. in peace. You know what I mean? Rest in peace. What a guy. Yeah, but um, sorry for brought the showdown a bit, but um. Yeah, we look over the event overall, Roscoe, because um, first of all, it was it was sold out, like 7,800 people there. The arena was rocking. Yeah, oh, it was probably the busiest I think I've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. Oh, you go to Roscoe, go, this card is missing a knockout. It needs a knockout for everyone to stand up and really be like, yes, there you go. Richard, Charlie Ward did it. Yeah, Richie Cody nearly got it, but Charlie Ward did it, and that's, what the, that's exactly what it needed going into the main card. And then... Um, the Richie, uh, sorry, the Peter Queeley entrance music that just really blew the lid off the arena. Um, it could have been because Dolores from the Cranberries died there. I think it was about roughly around a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, th- I think that could be one of the reasons. But the whole stadium was singing, man. Did you feel a bit left out not being there? Um, go on. You can tell the truth. No one's listening. I, I feel like I would have liked to be in there. Um, for the main card, I would not down the fe- back. I would have felt the app. I would like to feel the atmosphere. Basically, uh, it seemed like an absolute brilliant night. But I, I don't regret how it happened. You know, what I mean, if the same thing happened again, you know, what I mean, I deal with it the same way. So I don't really like to have much regrets, and I don't really regret not going. But I would have liked to been there to feel the atmosphere. Yeah, our circumstances, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough to, for us to even go there because sitting on the back and not being on the part, like we wouldn't have been part of any of that music. We would have no. been on the back and like. So you're putting up Instagram stories live at home and like that was actually more beneficial for us than to be in there and take a picture and you could be like Jesus who's in the octagon you know what I mean you couldn't, yeah. wouldn't be able to even tell yeah or else we wouldn't be able to give you a decent breakdown the way we're yeah. doing over the show but um, before we go into the fights what did you make like before this we were like here the, all the Irish guys need to win for the sake of Irish MMA to really bring out the new wave everyone won like, even the way Peter Queeley lost, like, most price is ours as well. So, every, like, for the sake of Irish MMA, it worked out. Yeah, majority of the SPG fighters won. Um, it was a great night for Irish MMA. Uh, nothing dreadful happened. And I'm looking forward to Bellator coming back in September. Yeah. I haven't heard a bad word around about the event. No. As you, yeah, Ross let the cat out of the bag there, obviously. I think we mentioned at the beginning of the show, but Bellator are coming back to Dublin in September. And yes, we did call it. If you listen to the show, you know that we said it's going to come back later in the year. Yeah. It actually is. It's funny when you say something like I think it actually said, I actually think you said November, so it's even come back even earlier than we expected. Oh, I don't know if I said November, but... Oh, I think maybe I thought November then, maybe. <laughs> but I think, it was, uh, I think it was sort of notoriously in around October, November time. They used to be a Bama Bellator show. Oh, did it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. As far as I'm aware, anyway. S- speaking of notorious, Conor McGregor was not there. Ross, we surprised surprised because obviously he trains at Peter Queeley. Best mate, last time, he, uh, last time, who am I thinking of? He'd be tied with Kiefer as well and James. Oh, I actually was quite surprised he wasn't no, there, to be honest. Charlie Ward, sorry. Charlie yeah. Ward was fighting as well. Last time he jumped into the octagon. This time he wasn't even in the arena. Um, maybe he thought if he showed up he'd take a bit of limelight away from the guys maybe that was his theory behind it yeah hard to tell but I thought he would have been there I would have thought so as well he wasn't I didn't even see him tweeting about it or anything 
No, um, that's that's true. And he was on his Instagram live about the UFC event the week before. Yeah, did you see that um, Pete Carroll put up a picture with Will Flurry and Mattress Mick? Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And then Ariel Hawani's like, who's Mattress Mick? That's, <laughs> that's absolutely hilarious. If you don't know who Mattress Mick is, he's a... Notorious mattress seller in Dublin. Yeah, he he sells, looks crazy hair. Yeah, crazy hair. He's like a, he looks like a, a, a nutty professor. And uh, he sells mattresses. Chops cleaning up as well. Has cars all over the place. There's loads of taxis around Dublin. But um, very Mattress Mick. Ross, what did you make overall of the card? I felt like if I'm going to tell the God's honest truth, and also no one's listening... Um, I felt like these match- matchups turned out to be way more in favour of the Irish fighter. Yeah, they were very favourable matchups. Very favourable. Like, and James himself got the most favourable fight I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Like, I actually said to you, I go, I think I would have lasted longer. Yeah, James had a very favourable fight. I think Kiefer had a very favourable fight. Uh, Richie Smullen seemed to have a favourable fight. Um, Richard Coyley seemed to have a favourable fight. Charlie Ward had a favourable fight. Jeez. I was like... Who didn't, Ross? Will Flurry had a favourable fight. Leah? Leah had definitely... She was about a foot taller than her bone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I even thought Ryan Kurz had a favourable fight. Now, maybe some of the guys on paper didn't have a favourable fight, but just went out there and... Dominated. Really dominated. Yeah. Uh, I thought Reds had a tough fight. Reds had a tough fight, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, like, it was pure Irish domination really uh, Ross who really stood out for you because I felt like certain people had a massive following there obviously Redzer has a huge following um, Ryan Curtis had a like the place nearly blew up when he was there uh, Leah McCourt actually had a massive following as well uh, Richie uh, sorry Kiefer had a big one as well who, who really for, for me people who stood out uh, Kiefer Crosby definitely stood out uh, I was yeah. very impressed with him I was like right I want to see him fight again exactly yeah it's because yeah. he it's because he like he knocks people out yeah I know he won by uh, submission but he... I was actually very impressed with Richie Coyley I'd like to see him fight again same here um, Charlie Ward was obviously just impressed with like 36 seconds of knockout like how yeah. can you not be impressed and then obviously James was impressed from the main event yeah I, I, I was almost it was weird because Leo was probably the most dominant out of everyone but I actually was unimpressed of how how long it took to actually get the finish yeah, I had to go to uh, the bell. Yeah, yeah. So uh, who who are the who are the, who are the lads that won or lost? Which oh, actually, Ronnie Curtis was very impressive. Ronnie Curtis, yeah. There's a few people there we want to try and get in the show as well. Ryan, obviously, Richie as well. Yeah, few lads, few lads. Although uh, Will was very dominant as well. I just yeah, I thought his opponent was so out of shape looking that I was almost disappointed in his opponent. Uh, I thought his opponent wasn't actually game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're also looking at the perspective of a viewer. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. True. Uh, like, if I had no, you know, eggs in the basket, yeah. I, like, to be honest, leaving that event, if I watch all the fights, I'd probably go Ryan Curtis, Charlie Ward, or, um, Charlie Ward, Kiefer Crosby, James Gallagher. They are probably the four I went. Noah, they're the ones who I was like, they were brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But uh, people seem to really love it as well. They're coming back now in September? Yeah, September. So a lot of these guys are going to be looking We're going for... to go for my birthday, man. Yeah, man. We're going for your 29th, is it? 28th, man. 29th. 29th, man. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, 29th birthday, I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, these lads are going to try and get another fight in 
in between. Where do you, where do you think is going to be a good card they can get on? I feel like Birmingham was probably a bit close. Um, would you bring these guys? Uh, someone like Charlie Ward, you got a fast finish. He should probably go for Birmingham. Frying Kirsten and Norfolk, he should go for Birmingham. Uh, Will Flurry should probably go for Birmingham. The guys who got like very fast decisions, they should try and get it, go again because you only get paid when you fight. So I always think if you didn't have many injuries, you got the job done fast. You should try go again. I think James Gallagher should probably try and get on the London card whenever that's up next. Yeah. I think there's a London card coming soon enough. I think there is, yeah. Um, what about uh, Keith? Obviously, won. Each body guy in that card as well. Yeah. A few of them want to go and fight in America. I think that's where Will's going to have to go next, you know? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, oh, Richie, sorry. Richie Smullen called for the London card as well. Yeah. That's why I knew there was a London card coming soon, yeah. yeah. I, don't think that, I don't think that card's been announced yet, as in, like, dates or anything. But, uh, no. You said he wanted that. Yeah, but overall, Ross, what do you make of the card itself? It's uh, First of all, it's fantastic for us that Irish MMA dominated because yeah. uh, the people who don't cover MMA and are watching from the outside I think are, Ireland are brilliant yeah which is good for us yeah uh, I would give the card uh, 7.5 out of 10 do you know what I'll agree with you just the atmosphere and everything was uh, the atmosphere was great the results went the right way I just thought maybe the level could have been slightly higher That's the, the match was too lopsided that there was no real back and forth match where I was like brilliant. The only back and forth match was really uh, Price versus Queely, and that was very sort of clinch heavy. Yeah, John, you could tell that it was sort of leaning. They 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 were giving the Irish guys the favorable matchups. You could tell that because Scott Coker wasn't even there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And obviously, if it was a huge occasion, Scott Coker would have been there. Was, like, he, was he definitely not there? No, no, he wasn't there. No, well, there you have no because uh, uh, Kiefer said after the event that he wasn't there. Scotty. Disappointing, really. Scotty C. Alright, mate. Remember so, you asked him to go into the octagon for a photo? I think he thought about it and was like, oh no, I can't. Yeah, so you let one person do it and they all have to go in. But, That's uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, roll on. Bellator uh, Dublin again in September. But uh, over the weekend as well, you see Prague was on. Uh, there was not many fights to discuss on this. But uh, Ross, our mate, the skyscraper, even though we've never met him, has decided to hang up the gloves at six. Well, at seven, seven foot, foot. At seven foot, he's decided to hang up his gloves after winning in the second round against Marcos Rod- Rogero de Lima. Yeah, big win for Struve. He, he it was actually quite funny because he did a, a sort of montage of all his UFC submission wins. He did this one by a head and arm triangle, and or head and arm choke. And he also was like, "Oh, I've done an arm bar. I've done a guillotine. I've done a triangle from the top, a triangle from the bottom." And he was like showing all the diverse submissions he's got in his UFC career. He did say he was going to hang up his gloves. Um, in fairness, he t- took some devastating knockouts in his time. But yeah. he also said that UFC is going to come to the Netherlands very soon. And he might do one last hurrah there. But uh, the skyscraper, one way or another, he's always entertaining. One way or another. He's always the tallest man in the room as well. Yeah. Uh, no, I suppose he has to also hang it up because of his heart problems as well. Yeah. I mean, that's dodgy shit, man. But uh, also in the main event, Jan Blakovic was defeated by Thiago Santos by KO in the third round. Uh, Thiago Santos is making a big name for himself in the light heavyweight division, Roscoe. Yeah, he hit him. He hit uh, Jan Blakovic with like an absolute left hook, Larry. Um, look, Thiago Santos. I think he, I'm pretty sure he was the last person to be Anthony Smith, if I'm not wrong, at middleweight. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he looks very very good at light heavyweight. I think he doesn't have to cut the weight. Um, 
he's a bit more explosive. The people fighting are probably a bit slower. And he looks very, very good. Dangerously good, I'd say. I think he's, he's sort of called it the winner of Jones versus Smith. I don't know if he's going to get that, but... Oh, and Thiago Santos you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, Blakovic defeated um, Smith before. Did he? Didn't he? No? No, I don't think so. I think Thiago oh, no. Santos was the last person to beat Smith in middleweight. Right. When sorry. Smith was at middleweight. Sorry, I thought you said there the Blakovic. No, yeah. I don't think they've ever fought. No, no, I think he said the wrong name. But sorry, yeah, carry on. Oh, okay. Thiago Santos was the last person to be anti Smith, I think, since he's now moved up. And um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Thiago Santos fight uh, Alexander Gustafsson next. Seems like a lot of the middleweights are actually moving up to light heavyweight. Yeah. Do you think it's because they're looking at anti Smith and they're like, you know what? He after three wins, he he's getting this. Uh... I think I think there was a, a few things like Cowboy um, moved up from well from lightweight to welterweight and then started doing all right. And I think. People aren't necessarily thinking that being the bigger man and the smaller weight class is always necessarily the best out anymore. Yeah. I also yep. look at Daniel Cormier. He moved up to heavyweight. You know what I mean? I think that was probably a big thing. If Cormier, like Cormier wasn't in the division, so they were like, oh, well, maybe I could put him in the next light heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now Jones is back and they're like, oh, middleweight looks a bit better again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem, man. There's there's killers in every division. Uh, but yeah, Thiago Santos is looking good, Ross, isn't he? He's uh, he's a scary outfit, with, especially with that sledgehammer on his chest. Yeah, he is. He's His kicks and punches are always uh, thrown with bad intentions. Um, do you think now, obviously, John Jones is fighting Smith this weekend. Do you think Santos, Thiago Santos is now like here, I'm next in line after that event? Uh, he very much could be. Uh, one other factor could be Dominic Reyes. Is fighting on the London card against Volkan Ozdemir, and he's undefeated. So if he can beat Volkan Ozdemir, he puts himself right in line for a title shot as well. In no time. In no time. Uh, what did you make of UFC Prague overall, Ross? Um, it was totally overshadowed by Bellator Dublin. Well, it was in our eyes anyway. Um, look, it was a throwaway UFC card as well, I would call it. Yeah, exactly it was. They're trying to cater... Put it this way, I, I was sort of going back and forth between watching the two, but whenever the fighters were in the cage in Bellator, I had Bellator on. Yeah, exactly. Um, what would you rate that UFC prior card then, Ross? Uh, six out of ten. Six out of ten. Okay, uh, okay, we're going to move into UFC 235. That's on this weekend. Um, myself and Ross have been looking forward to this card for a while. Yeah, R- Ross, it's the biggest fight card of the year. The only way it could have been better if... Instead of Jones Smith, it was like Jones DC, and then I'd be like all about it. Exactly, yeah. It's on this Saturday in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Shit the always goes DFC. down. That shit always goes down in Vegas, doesn't it? Yeah. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, apart from UFC. Yeah, but, let's, let's go right down towards the bottom of the card. Yeah. Uh, Diego Sanchez is fighting a welterweight against Mickey Gall. Diego Sanchez, man, this fella just will never stop. From the ultimate fighter won to UFC 235. Um, look I think Mickey Gall's going to, you know, send him packing. And I think this is the last time we'll ever see the nightmare, Diego Sanchez. Well, do you think Mickey Gall gets it done on the ground? Yeah, I think he does. I think he's going to, I'd say, ground and pound finish him. Yeah. Uh, then I'll move on to Misha Serkinov taking on Johnny Walker. By the way, he should get some sort of association with Johnny Walker whiskey, isn't it? Yeah, I think he should definitely get some sort of um, sponsorship deal. But Johnny Walker is an absolute animal. And I think he's going to get it another early knockout again yeah that's exactly what I'm thinking I think Dana White whoever the matchmaker for this uh, Sean Shelby yeah or Greg Maynard Greg Maynard um, Nick Maynard Nick Maynard 
Like, uh, it should be Nick Maynard. I think he does one hundred and forty-five pounds down, and then Chon Shelby does one hundred fifty-five pounds up. No way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. But uh, great job, lads. Um, stack the shit out. Yeah, he has to get on a, after his last win. Um, I just look at Johnny Walker and go. He's probably going to win by knockout every single time he's fighting. Yeah, that's what, like, there. you need a knockout in the car to really get the fans pumped. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Johnny Walker as well. But then, in the main event of the prelims, jo- Jeremy Stevens is taking on Zabit Magomed Shapirov. In the Jeremy Stevens is fighting Zabit in Fight of the Night. Do you think this is going to be Fight of the Night? Absolutely. Yeah. This is going to be an absolute war. Like, Stevens doesn't go down easy. Zabit doesn't go down easy. These two are going to be absolutely... Swinging for the fences. Yeah, Jeremy Stevens is, is current, currently ranked number six, and Zabit ranked thirteenth. Uh, obviously, Max Holloway is planning on moving up a division. Yeah, Zabit looks like he could dominate this division for ages, and but, then move up as well. I think if Zabit wins here, he'll probably end up fighting Brian Ortega for an interim title. If not, <sighs> Brian Ortega, you know, you know who could end up being featherweight champion again? Jose Aldo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, like. Yeah, but, uh, Jose Aldo looked look great against Moicano. Imagine Zabit against Jose Aldo. That'd be a great fight. Man, Zabit is... He looks a bit malnourished. Like that, Zabit can move up to... I'm, I'm trying to think who else, who else is at the top of that division. Um, Maybe... Oh, maybe we do... Frankie Moicano versus uh, Ortega in a rematch. And you do... Or... Sorry. Um, I, just maybe, know, I just know once Max Holloway leaves that division... That Zabit is going to get that title Hold off on. whoever. Brian Ortega versus Jose Aldo. And then Zabit versus Frank Yeager. The winners fight for the interim featherweight title. I feel sorry for anyone who fights Zabit, man. He is it, scary. Well, I wouldn't feel sorry if it was Jose Aldo. No, but I, no, but I mean, like... First of all, Zabit's like nearly like six foot five or something. like, And cutting down to that weight. He's a... I don't know where... Yeah, they he's very, him. very long. Yeah, very long. Obviously, he's not six foot five. He's obviously six foot six. But obviously, we're going for Zabit, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think Zabit's gonna win. Yeah, boy, what like? I think I'm gonna say like a submission. Yeah, here, random question, right? Say if someone died in the octagon, would they just like? His, don't say that. Yeah, I know, but like, just let's touch see wood there. Touch quickly. wood. Yeah, okay, touch wood. But if uh, if someone died, would they just be like right next fight, or would they be like right show's over? I don't think they'd know they died. They'd probably go to hospital, and then they'd say they died. Oh, okay, they're just. Bring them out if they're knocked out with on a stretcher. Yeah. Jesus, lovely thought you had there. Lovely thought. Uh, <laughs> then, it's, okay, touch wood. Uh, then in the main event, oh sorry, the main card, Cody Garbrandt's taking on Pedro Munoz. Uh, these two had one of the worst back and forths I've ever seen. On no, you're better looking. No, you're better looking. No, I want your card. No, you're handsome. It like these two lads like each other. I don't know Ross. how much. Yeah, I don't know how much they like each other, but. Uh, who are you back in this one, Ross? Uh, I think Cody Garbrandt's going to get the job done here. I think he's going to get a knockout early. Uh, he's probably being nice to him because he's like, ha, I'm going to knock you out. Uh, look, Pedro Muno is brilliant. He's got a great guillotine choke. He's a good wrestler. But I think Cody's striking is just that level ahead of uh, Pedro Muno's. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Cody as well. Coming off them losses to TJ Dillashaw. Cody, Cody Garbrandt, another man. Talking to talk. But will he walk the walk? Will he walk the walk? Uh, also on the main card, Ross, why is Tisha Torres taking on Willie Zhang? Why is that on the main card? Um, well, if Tisha Torres wins, she might be next in line for a strawweight title fight. Yeah, but it says so, Willie Zhang isn't even in... Uh, she's a, It's her UFC debut. Same with Ben Askren. 
Yeah. So she, I think she's a pretty big star in Asia. Oh, is she? Zhang, so I think. Uh, well, that must be the reason. Yeah, I think that's if if she wins, she could fight for the title next. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, the UFC trying to make like get bigger over in Asia as well. Yeah. So who are you going for this one? Uh, I think Tisha Torres. She's an excellent grappler. Uh, obviously, trains with her. I don't know whether it's her fiance or her wife now, Raquel Pennington, and I just think if she lives with a fighter, she clearly lives like the absolute fighter life So Therefore, I'm going to back Tiny or Tornado Tisha Torres. Yeah, I, I I'll agree with you on that one. Uh, then in the welterweight belt, Robbie Lawler is back, and he's taking on Ben Askren, who's making his UCA debut. Chaps undefeated, Ross. What do you expect from this? Because the second I saw Ben Askren taking on Robbie Lawler, he sort of came out of left field because he was calling out everyone, bar Robbie Lawler. Now he's fighting Robbie Lawler. Yeah, it was it was a funky choice. Uh, yeah. Ben Askren is an absolute man. He is possibly, he's, he's guaranteed pound for pound top five wrestlers in UFC history. Where does he rank in the top UFC trash talkers? Yeah. Uh, Definitely top 10 anyway. Top 3, definitely. Uh, I don't know about all time, top 3, but top top 10 all time, I would say, yeah. Well, cur- currently on the roster. Currently on the roster. Top 3. Top 3, I think. Connor. McGregor. Probably himself is next. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then who? Um, see, Bisping used to be very good. Yeah. But he's retired now, so. Yeah. It's almost Kobe Covington by default. Yeah. He's the only one who does actually, it. yeah, yeah. I miss that guy, but that See, back. Yeah, but I think Ben Ashcroft will make a show of him on the mic because yeah. Ben Ashcroft is actually smart, and Colby Covington like all the stuff scripted. If you know what I mean, it is. Yeah, Colby Covington's playing a WWE character, whereas yeah. Ben Askren is so off the cuff. Yeah, but Ross, let's get into this bleeding fight, man. Ben Askren making his debut. Are you excited? Very, very excited. I'm almost like disappointed that it is against Robbie Lawler because I really like both guys. A lot of respect between the two. Yeah, uh, so I almost don't want someone to lose. Um, oh, that, think, that's, that's very noisy man I think obviously Woodley said this is the first time he's been able to help Ben Askren for a fight obviously they're very close training partners and I just look at him and think Ben Askren's going to know Robbie Lawler's tendencies he's going to be able to get the takedown and I think it's going to be a long night for Robbie Lawler same here I like Robbie Lawler's sprawl is very good um, I think UFC have sort of set this up for Ben Askren to lose almost as in like that's the hardest welterweight for... Like, that's the toughest matchup for Ben Askren to have. They want, Rob, They obviously want Ben Askren to get knocked out. Yeah, I think they want to... I think they're so old school that they're like, the UFC guys are the best, so we're going to prove that by having this ranked number five UFC fighter defeat this undefeated former Bellator and one FC champion. Well, what happens then if Ben Askren goes against the grain, beats Robbie Lawler, like, I mean, then you have a, like, a big star in your hands. Oh, 100%, but the thing with Brian Askren is, is, he said it himself, there's a lot of, welterweights in the division, he hasn't fought, and he's happy enough to go, and start beating them, he doesn't want to fight Tyron Mundy, and he, he also, really wants to fight Khabib. Yeah. I'd love to see that fight. Same here, man, same here. But I don't care if it's an absolute grapple fest. Exa- yeah, same, man, yeah. I just want to see who comes out on top. Yeah, if it's high, high level, then I don't give a shit. Same yeah. with two jiu-jitsu lads. If they're the top of the top, like if it's Damian Maya against... Who's Amir Paul Harris. Exactly, yeah. Then I want to see, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, but not if they're both garbage on the ground. It's like, ah, oh, here lads, just get back up and knock the head off each other. Wonderboy yeah. and Till. You know what I mean? Get off the ground. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ben Askren then for the win. Yeah, and I'd love seeing if I call Colby Covington if you want. Just because I want to see that press conference. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if he starts killing off all Tyron Woodley's potential matchups, then... But I think Woodley's going to move to middleweight soon. Well, then, we'll discuss that. Tyron Woodley, the champ, is taking on Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian nightmare. For or the, Marty, as Ben Ashton calls him. Or Marty. <laughs> in, for the welterweight title, Ross. What are you expecting here, man? Two wrestlers. Yeah, um, Woodley was saying that he's a Division One wrestler and Usman's a Division Two wrestler. He said he's That's a superior harsh. wrestler. Better hands, more knockout power. Woodley seems to be like a better version of Usman, really. Yeah. Um. The only thing is, Woodley's doing a lot of rapping. He's doing a lot of TMZ work. He's doing a lot of acting. Usman only does one thing, and that's fighting. So, I think there's always a point to diminishing returns when fighters are doing all those extracurricular activities. Uh, look at Ronda Rousey, for instance. She was doing a lot of movies, and then she lost everything. So yeah, but like you know what we said this last time when Woodley was taking on Till. Yeah, we did indeed. And Woodley's look, look got at the that job went. done. Now yeah. I'm I'm not. You know me. I'm always going to pick Woodley. I think he's definitely the best welterweight in the world. But Usman is definitely a hungry lion. Undefeated. Undefeated. Um, and dominant. I don't think he's ever lost around the UFC. Yeah. I just don't, I, I looking at it now. I don't see how you can convince me. That Woodley will lose, but in fairness, Usman does train with, with the likes of um, Rashad Evans, Anthony Rumble, Rumble Johnson, Rumble Johnson. Tor Belfort. He's got some great training partners. Yeah, Rumble Johnson as well, who's an absolute monster. Yeah, but um, like this is gonna like if Woodley wins this again, it's sort of like imagine he was ten years younger because he's thirty six now. Yeah, I look at Woodley and look and go, win this fight, fight Covington, or move to middleweight. They're yeah. the options that we're looking for. Him. Maybe Although Dana White won't be keen to give him a middleweight title shot. Let's see what happens because Ben Askren wins impressively. Then, you see, I think Tyron Woodley wants to get his hands on Colby Covington first. Yeah. And then he'll move up, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... And I, I just want to see Colby Covington fight again soon. Don't care who he fights. Well, I want to see yeah. him fight either Usman, Woodley, or Askren. What about Till? Or, or Till. I want to see someone who really wants to kick his ass. Yeah. Like, really doesn't like him. Yeah. Rafi Dos Nachos. <laughs> but moving on to the main event of the evening. In the main event, we have John Jones, aka The Bones, uh, taking on Anthony Lionheart Smith in the light heavyweight division. Ross, try and convince me that John Jones will not win this, please. Thank you. No. Okay, Grant. Uh, <laughs> man, John Jones is just the best there is out there. Yeah. UFC are doing a very good job trying to make Anthony Smith to be some sort of contender that. It's going to get the job done. You know what this is reminiscent of? Do you remember when Cain Velasquez was the UFC heavyweight champion? And then they were like, right, he's going to fight Bigfoot. And it's a bit like, is there actually no one else? No. Like, <laughs> no, he's going to fight Bigfoot. And I was like, right. Or when Demetrius Johnson uh, was fighting Chris Carriasso for the flyweight title. It was like, is no one else available? No. No one else, no. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Ross, John Jones, like we were discussing him a while ago and we were like, we want him to move up to heavyweight. Yeah. Anthony Smith was fighting a middleweight. So, like, obviously, John Jones is going to win, no? John Jones is going to win. And He's the best If everywhere. he doesn't get a job done within two rounds, I'd be very disappointed, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I think John Jones no is going to win this No offense to Anthony Smith. He comes across a very nice guy. You know what I mean? I think John Jones is going to win this one by submission. John Jones is a bad, bad man. And he has big plans. Uh, John Jones, where does he go from this, Ross? Obviously. Um... I'd love to say he moves up to heavyweight, but I don't think he does. Unless the DC fights up there at heavyweight. But I, I feel like the two of them are like, I'm not chasing DC. And then DC's like, I'm not chasing Jones. He's light heavyweight. I'm heavyweight. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, yeah. 
the problem is with John Jones if Just you're fighting each other will you yeah if you're putting John Jones in a card he has to be fighting for a title so like if he goes up to heavyweight and he's not fighting for a title it's sort of you may as well put him in for a lightweight title do you know what if he wins this he's probably going to take on Thiago Santos isn't he very much possibility yeah because Gustafson's finishing that like he's not going to fight Jones again and DC's not going to come down yeah and like Dominic Reyes like Rockhold maybe but he's been out for so long you're not yeah, I mean, there's no point in beating DC and then beating Rockhold you know what I mean it's I know. Like, it doesn't really make sense and Rockhold has to beat someone like heavyweight I'd like to see Jones test himself next you know what I mean I feel like there's no one left for John Jones to overly fight except for Daniel Cormier. So he might as well call out Cormier. And then you have two fights under his belt and they'd be like, right, I'm going to fight Cormier. What if John Jones calls out like Miocic next or something? He's like, right, we'll fight for the interim title. Because, what's that? Man, I don't want to be sitting here for five years waiting for Brock Lesnar to finally lose to the Undertaker at WrestleMania, you know? You know, what, <laughs> you know what I think could be a thing? I think uh, John Jones might be like, right, I just need to get a good few paydays under my belt. He's like, I haven't fought for so long. I just need to get payday, 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 payday. Yeah. And I think he's like, there's said no he'll... point fighting a heavyweight because like, I could fight them and get injured for a very long period of time. Yeah. I can go in and fight these light heavyweights relatively unscathed. You said he wants to fight four times this year. Well, let's see. Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos... It has to be Daniel Cormier next then, doesn't it? Yeah. Whatever, if it makes money, it makes sense, you know? Yeah. To be honest, I'm sitting there going, why would he fight Thiago Santos? But the only thing is, is if he comes out and he batters Anthony Smith, he can easily go, I'm going to fight Thiago Santos in Brazil at UFC 237. You know what I mean? Oh, he's going to try and give them a fa- more favour. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? He, if he wins this as well, he's very much... Uh, calendar-wise, in line to fight an international fight week, you know? Yeah. Sort of lined up perfectly three months. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the only thing about that 237 in Brazil is that that's already got Man Nunes, Holly Holm, and Rose Namajunas, and Jessica Andrade. Yeah. But obviously, we're going for John Jones, yeah. man. John Jones, second round submission. Get your money on it. Yeah. Is this the card of the year, Ross? Definitely. So far, so far, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm impressed by it. Yeah. When's uh, Sean O'Malley back, man? I missed that guy. Just, I think he's still suspended. He's just smoking joints. Did, did we have a look at the early, early prelims? Is there anything on that? No, there was nothing there. Pretty easy. No, it's just like... No. No. No, nothing worth mentioning. Sometimes they put on the very first early prelim, or the last early prelim, yeah. and put something on. But yeah, I thought it was... Skip the early prelims. Yeah, I thought it was overly stacked. Uh, also, Cage Warriors is on this weekend. Cage Warriors 102 in London. And uh, James Webb, fighting out at SBG Swords, is fighting for the middleweight title against Thomas Robertson in the main event. So that could be a good crack as well. If, yeah. you're, if you're around London, you're going to be there watching that, and then watching UFC 235. And our mate Ian Gary said, put your house on him. He did. He also said that he'd get James to come on the show. But, um... With the belt. With the belt. Ross can hold the belt, man. Again. Yeah, but then you then you need, like, the UFC then belt. Not, you, know, you know what I have to do? I'd have to cut down the middleweight down because I've held the belt for a middleweight belt and the <laughs> and the Cage Warriors middleweight belt and I've met Robert Whitaker. Yeah. i met all the middleweight champs. Yeah. Who's left? You're going to have to go to... Oh, see, the go thing to Japan. Is, yeah, FC. yeah, but there's no middleweights walking around there at all. Is no. there? I don't think there is a middleweight. Thinking, champ. thinking Gary said there was none there. But um, Ross, that wraps up with the show, man. It uh, does, guys. Uh, thanks a million for listening. Um, I know extra, it's a slightly longer show than usual. An hour but, and a half long. Uh, look, stack weekend, stack cards for biggest cards of the year. 
So we went on a bit of a ramble, but I actually think it's really good content. And as long as the content's good, it doesn't matter how long you go. Here, here to that. Um, wrap up saying a couple of words. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with Ross. Um, at the moment, we're well on our way to people having 10,000 people follow us. Um, if you're listening now, thanks a million for like following us on this whole entire journey because um, we just we were ages ago we were stuck at around seven thousand and we we're like should we buy followers and we we're like no fuck that because I said once we get to ten thousand I'll get an energized tattoo but like now yeah. the countdown's on we're on like nine thousand three hundred and something and I know some people give don't give a shit about followers but uh, if you're creating a show from nothing and you make it up to ten thousand I mean that's something yeah it means some. It- we're not here for our personal game for the followers. We're here for the show. Yeah. And without you listening at home or in your car or in your work office where you're not supposed to be listening to us, but you listen to us anyway, or pretend- the show wouldn't be possible. Or pretending to exercise in the gym. Yeah, the show wouldn't be possible. So, guys, yeah. look, thanks a million for staying in tuned. Uh, if you do love the show, tell a friend. Tell a bleeding friend, will yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, Come on. Give a shout out on the gram. Yeah. Swipe, swipe right on Tinder. Swipe right on Tinder. And as always, stay energized.